<laughs> what's up, what's up, y'all? We need a marker. It is the More Watch Podcast. I am your co-host. I'm Chad. Instagram, Chad Bennett. What's going on? Chill. Call me Ock. You can, uh, you can find us at Black Watch Cycling page on Instagram. Word. I was everybody. And I'm Chris Tron Rides on IG. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. I'm excited because we've launched a podcast and the response has been amazing. Yeah. Did y'all expect that? No, I, I, I had no expectations as far as a pod. It was just fun idea to start, but this is grown into something that has definitely surprised me as far as a level of appreciation. Like for somebody to even bring it up to me is bugged out. Like <laughs> someone even talks about it. So that's a good look. I mean, I expected it. I ain't going to lie. I mean, not on some, some, you know, arrogance type thing, but I just understand that the need is there. Yeah. yeah. Right. And the void was there and we wanted to step in the void and, you know, other folks are going to have their podcast out there. A lot of other folks, shout out to everybody that's <clears throat> starting a podcast in 2023. We need, we need more people in the space, but I feel like when we stepped in, we filled the void and I feel like our voice is unique. So, you know, when you look at the mosaic of the nice quilt of all the podcasts <laughs> and the stories that are out there, it's yeah. a nice spot for us. Yeah. Because there's, there's a thousand stories that could be yeah. told, you know, all the time. and everyone has some somewhat of a unique experience as it relates to cycling. Mm-hmm. So the stories can definitely be shared, yeah. you know, it doesn't. Doesn't have to feel like oh, since they have a podcast, we can't do one either. Absolutely, nah, nah, not at all. But how? How's uh? I mean, we're officially in quote unquote off season. Yes. <laughs> like how? Like what have you been noticing? Because it feels like now we're going through a transition in the industry where, like, in the pandemic, there was a huge boom of cycling, and now we're like in a recession. Yeah. And so the industry is shifting. Like what are you what are you feeling or seeing? The swing is that thing it's crazy from uh from not knowing <laughs> from not knowing what you were gonna do, like not physically, but there's no gyms, there's no you know what I mean, no no spaces where, where people were congregating, so all that was closed. So just to be able to come outside and ride the bike was crazy. And so that whole span of time, uh with COVID, everybody got went crazy on it as far as bikes right. are concerned. But now we're in the polar opposite. Like it's totally switched over. So A, you're outside. B, it's a recession. So it's, the look of it to me is, is kind of crazy. And I'm sure that everybody could look outside and be like, yeah, things are different right now. But we back outside. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, I, I mean, being a business nerd, I think it's just cool to be able to see the peak of an industry and then the bottom of the industry. Uh. And like, 24 months Yo, <laughs> like, that, like that's actually crazy that's the thing that's blowing my mind is it's it's happened so quickly that time frame is stupid that's you know so quickly so quickly so do you feel like cycling has lost its buzz and for the average consumer they may have wasted money um i mm. i think from a, on a net basis that okay fine if for example let's say 100 new people came into cycling 60 probably left, but you still got 40. Right. New ones. New ones. Yeah, yeah facts. So if 100 new ones came in that never was in the industry, maybe 60% left and 40 are still here. Um, but, and and how that 40, or maybe that 40% is a little low. Maybe it's a little higher than that. But the way I look at it is that 40, maybe they're not outside as much as they used to be, but they now understand the importance of health and 
how cycling can help them on their health journey. Yeah. So whether they were on Pelotons first and then they moved outside or vice versa, I still think people definitely in the summer when the weather is warm are going to be outside on bikes more. Yeah. I, I think uh, the time frame is, is, is crazy. I don't think infrastructure-wise, like, like you know how um, uh, between Montclair and, and Jersey City, they're playing in that Yes. That's yeah, right. So I, I just infrastructure wise, I don't think either states, cities, whatever townships were able to to catch this craze, like in order to benefit from it or they're you know, they're attempting to, but like you said, twenty four months is bonkers, bro. Yeah. Like yeah. for it to go all the way up to come all the way back down in that span of time. If if there were a couple more things at play that were able to uh to flush itself all the way out in that span of time, I think we would have been a lot better than we are right now. But Summertime comes, I, I don't know. People are definitely gonna be outside Way doing back outside. <laughs> Bro, but, if you think, but if you think about the metrics, right? Like, first, you couldn't get a bike at all. Yeah. I mean, like, you would order a bike and you had to wait. They were like, yeah, we're gonna, you're gonna get your bike next year, which was Wild. crazy. Yeah. Right. Then it came to there were no bikes that were under $4,000 available, period. Now, quote unquote, whether or not that was actually true or not, yeah, we can we can argue that, right? Then it went to if you were buying a secondhand bike, it cost more than that same bike cost when it was new. Right. right. Just think about that. You, like I mean, you were buying a three-year-old bike, and it was costing more than a bike that was brand new. Yo, it was the wild, wild west. It was <laughs> like it got to the point where people were hoarding components. I mean, we yeah. we even helped, you know, what I'm saying like we were scooping up stuff as we saw it. Because we were, you know, anticipation, like, you couldn't get tires. Yeah. Right? Like, and then everything changed. Mass mandates went away up here in the Northeast, right? Like, maybe across the country and some other states that had very serious mandates. And then we got the summer of 2022. Everything kind of changed. Racism were back. Right. People were outside. <laughs> so what right? you, what'd you say? <laughs> racism is back. Is that yeah, what you're yeah. <laughs> racism is back. Yo, I thought you said racist. No, racism. My man came said back. racism is yeah, back. Yeah, man, that's, that's, wild. Wild. that's a wild statement. Like, yo, let me tell you why. The way he said it too. Racism is back. Let me tell you why I came back. Because before, when it was COVID, everybody was kind of like, hey, yo, you're my brother. You know what I mean? You're Black on the Lives bike. Matter. Yeah, like, yo, we were, we were, bro, we were popping. Yeah. Right. We were lit. <laughs> come, come August 2022, racism back like a mug. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a fact. You know what I'm saying? Oh, look if, at Darky, look at Darky on his bike. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just, it just, it just, it was crazy, right? So then you moved to a place where now nobody wants a bike. See, I, the nobody thing, wants a bike. So right. our mom and pop bike shops. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Got caught in the lag, and now nobody wants a bike. Now they so, got all this inventory. Yo, you can't sell because a bike now. You were ordering mm -hmm. during the boom, and now it's starting like the stock is starting to come in, and now they got this inventory that they're sitting on. The funny thing is, that's across the board. That's everything. That's crypto. That's the stock market. Yes. That's cars. Like, yes. yeah, used car. How used cars? Well, more than prices cars. were. Come wild. on, bro. Come on. Yeah. Yes, it was wild, bro. Yeah. Like this is one of those once in a generation, maybe three generation type things that we experience, right? And being. Walk, seeing it will go through and cycling as a microcosm of the whole thing. Yeah. It's all, wild. It's all the same. Yeah. It's all the same. Yeah. Do you feel like you overspent now looking back? I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there were like, so for example, right? Like, I mean, we were, we're, we're new to the industry, but there was a huge 
backlash to bike pricing. Like folks that have been in the industry for years, even if they came in three or four years before the pandemic, they were like, the pricing of the bikes is wild. Yeah, but you, you if as a company, you'd be crazy to see the demand and not turn up. It's yes. not price gouging. It's still like they couldn't get parts or whatever parts they had. They had to, should I hold on to them or whatever? Yo. And then once people started actually paying the prices, then you, as a company, you'd be nuts. To be like, nah, let me let me stay right here. Only here's how they right. hit it though, right? They like so through 2020, through the pandemic, there was a shift for manufacturers from rim brake to disc brake. Right. And that's how they justified the increase in price. Think about that. Right? Because there were cats who were like, yo, I've been we've been riding rim brakes for umpteen gajillion years. Now all of a sudden, you're charging me, you know, 45% more on this bike because it's disc. And some people still live by rim brake. Yo, they do. Yeah. yeah. And you can't hate on them for it. How many Tour de France's have been ridden <laughs> on rim brake? Right? Because the roads haven't changed. Nothing has changed on the topography of, of the races. Right. Yeah. So the reason I, I, when I was looking, or not just recently, but the last time I looked at something like that, they were saying that in crits and even in, in road races, um, based on the conditions, if there's 20 of us that have disc brakes and only five of y'all that have rim brakes like you're a danger yes you know yeah. what i mean like yeah i i can i can basically trust the braking of the person in front it's the same braking system but yep. if it's different then it's a little off I, that was weird but i was like yeah i guess i get it i can kind of see where they where they're going with that but mm. like i don't know that just feels extra yeah it, <laughs> it feels like a reason to sell some shit yeah <laughs> it does and and what's crazy is rim brakes are gone now uh, like they have literally been basically phased out in 24 months. Yeah. I, and, I, and I don't think, I think everybody got caught by surprise with that. Like, cause there are people who have been in the industry for decades and, you know, aerodynamicists were talking about, you know, how bike manufacturers change things and all this other kind of stuff with aeroness and all this. But there are just some regular old folks who are like, yo, I like tinkering with my bike. My bike is great. And now you can't even buy rim brake stuff. Right. Mechanical group sets gone. Yeah, Max. Yeah, that's that's funny. Gone. Yeah, I'm concerned. I'm gonna be that old guy one day who's just stuck in disc brake, and it's gonna be some new shit. But that's there can't just... be. All they can do really is change the the tech of disc because one, it's like disc brakes with cars. Like they're I'm, there. I'm sure they're looking for a way to make braking wireless at all. Yeah. That'll be tough because it's not wireless in any other application. I know. That's what I'm saying. No I other just, application that uses brakes is wireless. Um, Am I wrong? I, that I can I think mean, of. I you're mean, right. I mean, yeah. Where, where safety and lives come into play. I wouldn't trust it. Personally. I'm not <laughs> trusting it. I don't give a fuck about the technology. I don't want to be going down a hill and I lose connectivity. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, shit. Jazz spot, Sterling oh, shit. Like, it's not working. <laughs> no, sir. Yeah, I'm good. Good. But, you know, it's just. At, at, at some point, you have to say to yourself, listen, I just want to ride my bike. Yeah. Like, all this extra shit that you're we're putting on is at some point going to be like, okay, this is a bit much, and it's not hurting me, nor is it helping me. Should I be spending this this kind of money? Well, we, we started seeing that. Uh, I don't know if it was a result of, uh, you know, the pandemic and... Uh, Inventory being low, or whatever, but people started jumping back on steel bikes. Definitely titanium. Yes, you know what I mean. So <clears throat> even if you if people are stepping away from um, carbon, I don't know if they're stepping away from the tech, but to get back to the original feel of whatever that cycling experience yes. was for you, then I I see a lot of people turning back their way, even if they double up, like they have their carbon bike 
uh, or whatever they race on. And then they have something else that they're just like, this is just pure enjoyment. And yeah, they can modify man. it and so forth and so on. Like, I see a lot of people doing that. Y'all, y'all know me. I got this <laughs> aluminum frame and I'm loving it. Yeah. As you should. Yeah. yeah. If it, you know, it, it feels just as good from a speed perspective as a carbon frame. Now, will it be a little bit more tougher on the body for me on longer distance rides? Yeah, a little bit. Maybe. Because yeah. here's the thing, right? Like, so shout out to uh, Chris Miller at uh, with Nero Cycling. is an Australian uh, cyclist, and uh, he has a team, and he has a YouTube channel. So shout out to him. But he did. He always tinkers with stuff. But he did this review of his Factor bike. Loved it. Like, oh my god, Factor. I think I saw that. Yeah. And then he got a titanium bike. And he said, "All right, I'm going to do my same training that I did on my Factor bike. Same number of reps, but do it on my titanium bike." He was like, "I cannot tell the difference." Then he raced the Australian state championships on his titanium bike, got first place. Yeah. So it, what is that telling you? Right. So so what it's saying is, like, at some point, I mean, I feel like we are plateauing with bike tech, right? And yeah, so carbon was about being light and all that, but now they're talking about aerodynamics where weight doesn't play as big of a factor. I mean, the vast majority of the world isn't climbing up Alpe d'Huez. Right. <laughs> right. Or doing these climbs that the pro cyclists are doing over in Europe. The vast majority of us aren't doing that. So is a 17, 18 pound bike bad now? Is it really bad? And for how and for how long are you riding where you're ultimately going to see like a huge dip in performance and yeah. for the average cyclist how much is that going to matter in a group ride i think and that's experience. i think that's you the, know? that's the part you were just talking about like i don't think tech is necessarily uh plateauing but the intersection between tech and how like what the human can do what like yes. what you're allowed to do <laughs> i mean you could train your ass off and all that but you know what the difference between the timing it took whatever that was to to win uh, the France race or any crit or whatever, like how much faster can you get that as opposed to your body, your training versus the tech on a bike? Like, I think those things right. are kind of even and out to the point where I, I don't know. And I, I mean, I'm sure there'll be more, but as of right now. And I like, think that's what I'm realizing as it's, I don't know, like an, like, what do we call ourselves? Amateur cyclists? Like prosumers. Prosumers. <laughs> That's what we are. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. as, Amateur prosumers. as I, you know, go on this cycling journey, I'm realizing it's more about the body yeah. and how I treat it and how I stay consistent and all of those, those, those factors that go into how I perform when I get out on the road, as opposed to, you know, like, me spending... $15,000 and I'm not seeing any benefits if I'm not doing all the other things. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, cause there, I mean, listen, if you want to go out and spend the money, yo, if you got it, it's it, yours. Spend the you money. Make, make yourself happy. But I think a lot of it comes down to like staying consistent on the bike, training, eating right. And that will ultimately change how you perform outside. I mean, but even through the contraction that's happening now, I think the industry, some industry players saw it earlier than others, right? And they started changing their marketing of their products. So for example, with wheel manufacturers, it was they were talking about 
this rule called the 105 rule, very technical thing. Google that, you can look it up. But now it's like, uh, yeah, we don't really care about that. What we care about is like Zip's mantra now, which is total efficiency, total system efficiency, right? Where mm. they're looking at like the comfort and the roads that you ride on and how your wheels need to perform on that as opposed to just being strictly aero. Now, why is that important? That's important because now you're probably not trying to save every gram on your wheel, right? Like, so they, so now if there's a contraction and you still need to sell product, you can sell product that may not be as strict in this very narrow space. Now you're saying like, hey, everybody can love this wheel. Whether you are a, your local racer or you a pro racer. Oh, opening the tolerance yeah, up it a just, little bit. It yeah. just, you completely open the tolerance up. So now that you're like, okay, yeah, like come on in, come on in and buy. And we got three different price points that you can buy at and it'll work. Now, big manufacturers like Trek, who we work a lot with, specialize in, you know, like they're in more trouble. If you think yeah, about it, they're, they're in more trouble. trouble. Like, so for example, like the Domani, like why, why does that bike still exist? And with, with the Roubaix, the, with why the, does it still exist? Yeah, with the, the likes of an Amanda and an Athos, right? Like, yeah. Why, why yeah. do those bikes exist? And like, because the, if the everyday rider, you no longer need to be like, oh, get on this bike because you can use wider tires. Because now your climb bike can use wider, wider tires. tires. Right? Like, and there's so, an array of different tires right. in the market that will give you comfortability versus aerodynamics. Right. And so the way they split the market up, the way it was all bifurcated before on these little thin slices, all that stuff doesn't matter anymore. Now you got the do-it-all bike where now that bike is like oh you can ride gravel on it you can ride road on it all you do is switch the wheels and you go yep yeah roads and ultimately we always say this you need a bike fit yes. so your level of comfort can happen on a aero bike yeah. to some degree yeah yeah you know with the stack height and how you're seated but yeah man it makes it tough to go out and Say, oh, I want an endurance bike. I want a, uh, a do-it-all bike and an aero bike. Yeah. And a gravel bike. And, why? And you're like, why? And you only do like <laughs> and you why? only do like 30 miles a ride. Right. You're not even, you know, averaging 150 miles a week. Right. So it's kind of like 30 to 50 miles a week. So it's like, <laughs> you know, so and 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 look, we know that the the major companies by and large are buoyed by like their real foundation aren't these, you know bikes that are raced in you know these professional races they're they're these hybrids quote unquote you know like they sit you upright they sit you very comfortably you can commute back and forth to work on Commuters, pedal yeah. around with the kids you can pedal around the park without wearing the kit and all that right right and that's very low cost for them do you feel that the cycling these cycling brands don't sort of like follow the same business model as like the car brands you know so for example right like you have a i don't know uh, a lexus right mm -hmm. you have your luxury model you've got your mid-tier model you have your base mm -hmm. model of a car mm -hmm. and then in between in those three tiers you can add different features to kind of get you to almost the to next the level yeah. but instead the cycling industry is giving you like Five or six different models. Yeah. With, with, wait, within the same frame design. Yeah. So we got this level carbon and this level carbon and that level carbon. And then now we're like, you can get this wheel, this group set. Like it becomes 
Uh, yo, the Matrix is crazy. Yeah, it yeah. comes super like a la, a la carte, and <laughs> right. it's like, why? Like, why? We're, you're spending all this extra money, you I, know? I think with the like your example with the car industry, they've they've found a way financially to base it around time. So if I get a lease, it's 36 months. If I'm yeah. financing, it's five years. Yeah. I'm going to re-up. And it's, it's kind of a necessity yeah. at this point in time. But if you're putting like with cycling, I'm not sure what they were attempting to do, but the amount of available products, they were just like, yo, we have a lot. So yeah. come spend some bread. People, <laughs> and obviously people were spending money, but like, where's the, where's the comeback? And like, as far as the community, the cycling community is concerned, like I think, if there's if I got a knock on them, then I think that's where it was it was a failure. Like you just rushed people to spend bread real quick. That's we already seen that in history as far as yeah, like yes. housing markets and yes. all. That's going to fail, bro. I just I just don't like the what what they say the margins. You know, like some people think you can go into a bike shop and truly negotiate the price, and they only knock it down like fifty to a hundred bucks, and then the sales associate goes, oh yeah, you know, like my margins aren't that great. Yo, something's happening with the industry. Your margins aren't that great, but you've been in business for a gazillion years. A gazillion years. So, yo, it's crazy because they act like they grocery stores. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? With 2% margins, bro. It's like, what? You're not a grocery store, fam? Yeah, something's odd if, you you know, your your margins are this low, but you're also selling like $15,000 bikes. That's a something's... trash business model. This yeah. bike costs fifteen. I paid fourteen. Right. So I only get $1,000 off you? No. And, and I find it hard to believe, yo. And, and we know that's not the case, right? So to me, what I love about this is that now I want to understand who's really going to make a change in how their business model works, right? So right now, if you, mm -hmm. you got, y'all remember near the end of 2021, like specialized really fucked their dealers because they were like, oh, you can order from the specialized website and we'll deliver direct to you. Oh yeah, they were competing with Canyon. Yes, yeah. but, they, but they were also competing, like Specialist now competing with directly with their dealers. That's like if Honda was like, you know what? Yeah, I know we got all these dealerships that are owned by- No, he means direct to the, he's saying direct to the direct, customer. Direct to the customer. Right, yeah. I right. think they saw what Canyon was, Canyon's business model was doing and it was successful. And Kane's product was cheaper than Specialized. So Cut out that overhead Specialized completely. was saying, look, we're not going to change our pricing at all. Right. And we're just going to sell it directly to you. Now our margins are higher. Are higher. Yeah. yeah. Hustling. Yeah. Bro, like, so to me, what you know what I think will really, really work well is if they went to a bike for hire model. And I know, I know that's not a novel idea. It's been done in other industries. But it's like, yo, if I can just come and lease the bike for this period of time. And I give it back at the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, same, just like a car, right? That's Ride what I mean. It. That's based on time. Yeah, like, I get it back, yeah. you know, and then I can sell I can sell my lease bike to someone else later. You can buy the lease out at the end. Like, like, why wouldn't it work with bicycles the way it works with cars? It can. It can. It totally can. you trying to sell it on a private market is a nightmare. No, but I'm just saying, right? Like, as a as a bike. So, for example, if if I bought my inventory from whoever, whatever manufacturers I work, with, and now they're mine, right? Because I had to pay them. I don't know sure how the back end works, but let's just say I had to pay X number of dollars wholesale for these bikes, and now I have, and I can't send them back. If I send them back, it's a negative credit to me, right? Yeah. Right. So now, if I have them, as opposed to the bikes just sitting on the floor. Why wouldn't I say, hey, come on and lease a bike? 
rent a bike for the entire whatever you call it, but rent it for the entire summer. Right. You know, or rent it for the weekend. Right. Like so that way the bike is actually still working for me as opposed to just sitting there collecting dust. Right. Yeah, no, I, I I love that as a as a as an option for your business. The only the only thing that I would say is what if that bike shop has an opportunity to fully sell the bike? Like what you if sell it? No, but Chad, you, I need that bike. Bring it on back. Yeah, <laughs> bring right. that back. I need Sorry. to sell. Like. I'm, I'm saying like, <laughs> hey, Chris, somebody actually wants that bike, bro. Um, come on back. Come on, bring that bike back. I mean, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary. Yeah, but you've already you just like I when got you, something else for you. Come on in. I got something else for you. Put you put you in something else. I, I don't know. I think I think not not cycling at large, but like the connects between because it is that tactile and mm-hmm. it's haptic, so it's there's far more. It's personal, bro. Like that's that's your bike, and you have it set up the correct way. Right. Especially if you get it fit. Now, you know what I mean, you got to do all that again. So yeah, because let's just say you you do lease a bike, right? And you go get a bike fit, and your bike fitter says, "Hey, instead of this hundred mil stem, you actually need a one twenty, mm-hmm. and it's a handlebar stem combo." Mm-hmm. Now you're about to go spend another $400, $500 on the handlebar sim combo. Mm-hmm. And then if you let go of that bike, you're sitting on this. On pieces. This, this one piece that yeah. you, can, you can't you can use for your future bike. As the, you're saying as the bike shop? No. No, as, a, as you, the consumer. As, as you, the as right consumer. Right, yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you're buying it, right? Because I'm, I'm right now sitting on it, parts. Bro, man, you can think about how you, yo, you need a size 56. Here's how it comes. Oh, that's not your size. I got to get you a new stem. So I got to. Up that a little bit. This isn't your bar whip. <laughs> I gotta up that a little bit. I don't. I don't no, why not? They got all the parts. No, nah, I think yeah, they do. But now I, they do. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't yeah. plan correctly. They didn't. They didn't. I'm not sure if they saw it as an opportunity. Like yeah, this pandemic is happening. There's so many new cyclists in the space. I'm gonna spaz out. Like, did they think this was gonna last forever? Or this was just a new norm, perhaps. Maybe they just thought like, oh yeah, this is regular right now. I find out, yo, if that is the case, yo, this is the, this has to be the stupidest people in business. So so then how does Shimano end up in this predicament? Whereas uh, well, they may, I don't think they're going to go bankrupt, listen, but this cy- the cycling components, because they do fishing equipment, all yeah, type of metal components. They but, do everything. But like this side, they're in trouble, bro. Yeah, they're in deep trouble. Yo, listen, I, I hate to judge big businesses, but... I'm sorry. I hate to judge small businesses. I I have I get a field day on judging businesses <laughs> because they have all the resources, right? Yeah. So, for example, if Shimano or any other bike manufacturer or large bike manufacturer legitimately thought that this once and on the play, face of the planet Earth situation is going to stay. Oh, yeah, you're silly. They, bro, they're not silly. They're fucking idiots. They're dumb. <laughs> Why are everybody there? Whoever said that, fire them. Like, yo, they should have been there like, yo, we got, we have a limited amount of time to capture and grab as much revenue as we can. You tell, you talk to your, your shareholders, you talk to your board and say, listen, this is not an ongoing thing. This is a one-time money grab. Man. And we're hoping the tail off of it will be slow. We'll be up compared to the before yeah, it started. But, That's but, all. But That's the only thing you could have possibly wished for. It's gonna be a trail off. You just hope it doesn't just do like. No, I'm saying you started at you started at 100 riders mm-hmm. before the pandemic. You went to 500. Now dropped off to 300. Right, you're that's good. Well, yeah, like, you're still good. Why, why wouldn't you plan for but, that? But like, plan for 500. Continually? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yo, but that's a lot. Dumb. Yo, I think we're approaching this as if everyone in the cycling industry has like phenomenal business. 
Oh, that's true. Oh, bro. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, um, that's that, true. that, that mean, makes sense, but that's just not, I, I just feel like uh, the cycling industry has been around for so long, but the business aspect of it is still in its infancy stages. Just wow. Well, you, it is. Oh. It is. Well, you like, only have on. one audience. You're just dealing with. It's <laughs> not like I, you know what I mean. Know. Like Target got a lot of bro. people that may shop there. Yeah, yeah but you bro, have one particular think a, audience. Think bro. about it. You know, like the I, you know, like obviously, I focus on like creative and marketing, right? Just as a business, and so I'm always paying close attention to how these things look across multiple different industries. But for the longest, I have known the. The, the the Latin community to be deep into cycling and I've never seen any marketing focused, focused on that specific demographic. Why is that? Okay, so this is a perfect segue to talking about how their cycling companies are getting rid of and brand ambassadors, right? Because to me, after George Floyd in 2020, BLM, the whole movement that happened in this country, there was a huge push to have more people of color be seen in, in ads and that sort of thing, right? Because, Chad, you hit on a point that I think needs to be really amplified because you're absolutely right. In the United States, Spanish speakers are the second largest group that cycles outside of whites. Talking about race by race, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when when you when you think about that, it's it's crazy, it's absolutely insane that you're not marketing directly to the second largest group, and they are spending money, money. tons of money. Well, I mean, if, you, if, if I sat perhaps if I sat in the office or if I sat in the, in, in the dark room with these marketing people and we go over the math and we pull the data. If somebody has a nice sheet and I realize like, is there more money to gain or are they over there shopping regardless? I don't have to say anything. They're going to spend money. Do you want to try to as specialize or whatever? I want to grab a piece of that market particularly. Like I want more people to, to ride on specialized, more Spanish speaking people or Latinx people to, to ride on specialized. How do you do that? See, I think that's how they think that lad, that first point you made, which is I don't spend enough and they're going to still buy. That's right. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? Like, so, so to me, like take what Specialized did, right? Like they sent letters to, you know, it's all in the cycling news rags, or whatever, right? It was six like hundred? Yeah, like six or seven hundred folks. They were just like, you out of here. So yeah. just for y'all that don't know, Specialized got rid of all of their ambassadors across the country. I believe it was somewhere around six hundred ambassadors at different levels. It was mm -hmm. like uh, pro athletes. It was consumers. From my understanding, social media influencers. Yeah. All of them. So they basically said the way that we have been promoting and, and getting a grab, grabbing all these profits, all this revenue during this downturn, we're going to just eliminate that completely. And, 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 and I think that that is the laziest way ever. If anything, fine. Maybe you scale back some, right? Maybe you scale back by reducing the number or reducing the amount per that you're, you're spending. But so, for example, you'll say, oh, you know, Akil, I know you've been an ambassador with us for the last 24 months or whatever. And we were paying you X dollars because of the industry contraction. This coming year, we're going to have to decrease you by X percent as opposed to dropping you. But if uh, and dropping I, them gives them an immediate savings and costs. Yeah. Right. 
But but it also offset. All right, so let's just say when you, when you look at this math, that the number projected number of new riders entering the space is almost nil. Like what what are you doing with these? Like not because we are you know classified as one of those individuals. So I mean, what are you doing with those people? Like you're not attracting anyone new. And if it's not even just whole bike sales, if it's little pieces here, components, you want to bring people into the store, they buy lights or, you know what I mean? Saddles, all that type of stuff. But. All right. Can we just take a step back and define what an ambassador is? Sure. Yeah. I think that sure. matters. <laughs> that makes a difference. Sure. You know, because I think the term is used so broadly in yeah, this space, you know, like I, an ambassador is someone who represents the brand. Yeah whether it be on uh, social or when they're racing or just out in the community period, yeah. right? So they, they say, hey, person A, I'm going to give you this product. Please represent it out in the community, wear it, ride it, use it. Mm -hmm. That is an ambassador. Speak on it, deliver some information about it all. Speak on it and deliver information is the piece that I feel is missing from the ambassador program across a lot of brands. Yeah, I mean, influencers do it, I guess, if you're online. See, that's the problem. I I, I also hate the term influencers, yeah. right? Because the core word is influence, mm -hmm. right? When you're supposed to be influencing people, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is, yo, we have influencers who aren't influencing shit <laughs> and they're ambassadors <laughs> and they're not, they're, they're, they're just not doing what I would call, you know, like great ambassadorship, right? Like, because if- By definition, right, it should be a, you're representing- Yes. Whether okay, let's just use Black Watts, right? Yeah. If we were to have an ambassador program, you are speaking on behalf of Black Watts. You are an ambassador. So when you go from New Jersey to Georgia and you're wearing Black Watts, you are, you are speaking on behalf of us, which means- you are educating, you are informing people about what Black Watts is doing as a brand. All right. And also ambassadors, ambassadors should represent the culture of the organization. So if you're about touching the community and uh, being respectful and socializing and making sure that people are informed on the, the, the passion of cycling, you should be doing those things out in the community. But what I'm seeing from influencers mm. or ambassadors, yo, when you walk up to them, they are non-fucking social. And that is a representation of the brand that they're representing. See, you, you're making too much sense. Well, <laughs> you're out here trying to be rational. Yeah, you, 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 you're being logical because, I, and, and, and I think, look, we're still in the infancy of how social media is being used by large corporations. Uh, just in general, for, to sell, to market, we're still in the infancy in, in relation to like print or TV. You know what I mean? Like there, there are some parts of how marketing has been going on for generations, right? I think that, yeah. I think that brands really rely heavily on your number of followers in some instances because, because it's not like they interview and they say, "Hey, what is your real level of?" Engagement. I was going to say, the algorithm doesn't even work that way. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing about it is no fucking body knows how the algorithm works except the people who create the algorithm. And they're not giving up their secret sauce. So it's not like mm. with TV, you can have a 
people that you pay X number of dollars to watch commercials, to get an understanding of, like, you know, like with the Nielsen ratings. Like, yeah, with well, that static. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like you, you there, there is no way for you to control the channel. So what they end up doing is placing money with uh, influencers or people, I, let's, not use, let's, let's pull it all the way back. People that are on various social platforms that have a high number of followers. And they use that. Now, I think that some people in the cycling industry turn their nose up at that and they're upset about it because they're like, these people aren't even outside. Right. They're not even riding their bikes, whether it's indoors training or outdoors. I training. mean, we got that energy. Yes. We got that energy. People look at us as like, yo, we not outside. We not riding our bikes. Yes. They definitely look at us like that. Yes. And we're like, we outside? Okay, yeah. fine. You know what? Maybe we not outside to the tune of 7,500, 10,000 miles a year. Right? But Oh, we live in the Northeast. Stop. No, no, no. No, that's what I'm saying though, right? No, no. But like, but there are legitimate people who are like, nah, I'm diehard. It's just like if you're a diehard soccer player or a diehard basketball player, football player or whatever, you just live and breathe this particular sport. And I'm saying that when, even when you look across the spectrum and you take into account a multitude of areas, like what is your level of community involved? Are you really trying to expand the pie as it relates to it? Are you actually outside riding with other people? Again, talking about people who are going to work with larger companies to help promote their brands, right? Not I'm just on my bike by myself and I'm riding right. at 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. with nobody. Do and we I take a lot of pictures on social. And I do some videos and I never actually say, hey, buy this. Right. That's or what you, I, that's you what do when you put hashtag ad. Yes. At the what's, end. The met, like, what's the metric, though? Like how... That's I always wanted to ask that um, of somebody who works in a, some, a marketing department or whatever department actually sits down and chops up that data. What is the, if I'm an influencer, quote unquote, and I'm online, even if I had half a million people or whatever that follow me and I do what I do, but there's no, you know, no particular link tree or anything like that. What is the, how do I then in turn say, yeah, this dude or this woman, this lady has generated X amount of dollars in, in revenue? Or is, is that the goal? See, I, well, I think you can have, well, you, they're, they're probably, one, I agree. Two, I believe that there's like the idea that, like with Nike, right? Like they just give to AAU programs just to, so you can see that check mark everywhere. So it's just out there. That's it, right? right. So, so that may not, that part of it may not have a direct ROI that comes back to you immediately. That's just more about brand building, right? Right, so that then you start talking about brand value, but the other side, the other side, and I think the heart of your point is, is that there is absolutely nothing being done to look at any metric, because how do you snatch back six hundred? Nike would never be like, you know what, it's a downturn. All the AAU programs, so, all the colleges. <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna take all the shoes back. Y'all going, y'all going back to Russell's. Right? <laughs> they, they would never do that. They would never do that. You know what I mean? Like so, and 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 yes, the bicycle industry is small and relative to like shoes, right? But it's still a multi-billion-dollar industry. It doesn't like, it doesn't even? But it doesn't. Ambassadors, like like you said, like let's say it was a it's a team, Christ the King in the city or whatever. Like Nike totally outfits them. They're like, yeah, we can't 
we're not doing everything, but everybody's still, you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's sneakers that play, whatever. Sneakers. Yeah, whatever it is. Headbands. But to dead them? Nah, it wouldn't do that. That's what I'm so saying. So I can't, I'm an ambassador for Specialized, bro. I can't give you a bike this year. But you know what I mean? I got you on whatever else your you tire, need. Your tires, like, right? your tires, your brakes, right. whatever. Shoes, helmets, Shoes, all right. that. Because last year I just gave you a bike. Yeah, so right. I can't. I, that's so the you part. got a bike, but I well, can help yeah, you. Yeah, like you got an SL7. Why do you need another SL7? Again. Again, yeah. Like, 600 people on the yappies, like, you got to go. Wow, just get up out of here. Yeah. <laughs> just, I just think, Man. you know, my assumption is they just looked at the value of the ambassador program and just said. It's not there. It's not there. And that's a that's my issue is I think they just signed up a bunch of ambassadors that just, you know, like you kind of look and say, okay, what are you actually doing for us to represent the brand? Yes, you're racing, you're riding, you're doing all these things, but there's a whole market. This is my issue also. I'm gonna chop that point, is a lot of brands focus on athletes in terms of like market. Pro athletes. Pro athletes. And by far, the amateur cyclist who gets up and goes to work every day, it, there's way more of us than it is the athlete. And but the athlete's not even paying. I love the athletes. Let me say this again. I'm saying it into the yeah. mic deep. I love all the cyclists. Yeah, athletes. yeah. Don't get, don't get me. It's just that there's a bigger market of us. There's but more. Quite frankly, yes. they're not selling ten thousand dollar bikes. They're not. They're not selling fifteen thousand dollar bikes. So if you're out winning crit races. If you're out winning on a tour de France, that's not making somebody buy an expensive bike. I, I think the failure, um, all right, put it like this why way. Why do people buy Porsches? When's the last time you've seen a Porsche race? Yeah, not because of some pro. No, but it's built around the culture of that car. Like that's yes. the history on that is crazy. But like, all right, so like basketball, for, for instance, it's, there's a pro level. And people are trying to get to it and I could see them and I know them and they might push consumer products to me and I might buy it. But at the same time, I, I'm as a, I'm a kid, I'm playing AAU, there's a path towards it. There's never been, or at least in my estimation from what I've seen, a thorough push to build either crit racing or on this side of things in the U.S., like to push the cycling racing culture or professional level to make it where it's accessible by people because even though I, you know if I play basketball I'm looking at LeBron or whatever I may have the sneakers I may not but I could grab a ball and go play right if I want to like compete I got to get a team a sponsor a twelve, fourteen thousand dollar but there's a lot of you know what I mean yeah. like landing points I can't reach to yeah. just to get there so instead of I, I understand it a bottom up approach let's use the ambassadors whatever to push the brand eh why not just like, look, let's put all of our money into pushing the culture itself. I'm going to use Into the Lions then that's as an example. Yes. Like, that's an example. Like, oh, that shit was fire, bro. Like, no, it was. Let's move forward. Shout like, out, it doesn't have Justin, to be. Justin, Legion, Corey, all the whole folks over there. Yeah. CJ, the yeah, whole that's team. My, that's my point is like, yo, you're spending all this money on one side and there's, there's no money being put into actually talking to the, the everyday consumer. You know, like, we all want to aspire to ride fast or climb a really difficult hill but nothing talks to us in that manner no. we're just out here buying things to get the feeling without seeing what it looks like it's a disconnect between like even if they do hire ambassadors or or even have people even at the store like with trek they have dots and um specialized started connecting with the small shops around like uh strictly and yeah. 
I mean, Hilltop, Hilltop all of that. So they, they have bike shops as people. But, like, there's a disconnect between, like, what's the next level up? Like, can you talk to somebody at Specialized, at Trek, at whatever company it may be? But there's a big gap. Or is there someone in the room? Hey guys, like this is what's happening on, on in the streets or whatever. Like, yes, is there man. a person sitting there, Honestly, like talking to them or whatever? Uh, and like, I think that's where we we step in because while yeah we, we do have a relationship with track, we can kind of speak openly around the entire industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, and because we, we've all owned different brands and products, um, and can speak. Uh, honestly and candidly around like how we feel about certain things when you walk into those bike shops you know that the hilltops and the tracks are all going to speak specifically towards what's in the shop yeah i i I could i would be shocked if someone from um a hilltop which is specializes partner tells you look man i know we got this tarmac but uh that amanda you probably fit better on that. Yeah, like, you'll probably. I would highly doubt that, especially uh, if the margins are so small. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, okay, but in fairness, that's like if you go to a Toyota dealership, right? Oh no, actually, no. Wait, hold on, pause. Let, let me let me rethink about that. Because going to like a local bike shop that you don't know is a dealer of only one brand, mm-hmm. right? So we're using Hilltop as an example. Before Hilltop was a, is a local bike shop company that now is under the Specialized umbrella. So they went from selling maybe three or four brands to now only selling Specialized because they're now a part of the Specialized branding company. Outside people don't know that. Yeah. Right. If, you, if you're just a mom and you want to go buy your kid a bike or buy yourself a bike, so you guys and your husband or whoever, and you walk into your local bike store because it just says Hilltop, you're only being offered one product. Right now, if... Hilltop has, unlike cars, if I walked into my Toyota dealer, you know, they're going to say, you know, first thing they ask is actually, how much do you want to spend? Yeah. What's your budget looking like? What's your budget looking like? Now, maybe they do the same thing, but with a bike, it's not like a car. I can't just move the seat and the steering wheel and I'm ready to roll. Yeah. Yeah. So I said it's personalized. Like, it's not. Yeah. You grabbing what looks pretty to you. Yeah, yeah at the, in that moment. And even then, you're like watching, a, yo, how much is this? Because there's no prices on nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that sales associate may not even be educating you on why it costs that. At all. So, you know, bringing it full circle, like the ambassadors and the people that will represent the brand should, like large brands should be very strategic in how they do this, right? Like, okay, you, you group, this group of folks, this is what you're doing for us. This other group, this is what you're doing. And like someone like us, like Black Watts, like we do a ton of stuff in the community and trying to grow the and trying to grow the actual industry and, and and widen the pie. So brands that we work with, like that's what we're focused on. Yeah. Just right? getting more people out here doing it. Right. So yeah, we may not be selling your t-shirt or your hat or your or even your bike directly, right? But what we're doing in the community can be representative of what you believe, what your what your brand's belief is in this particular segment of the cycling community. Right, and it wow. still has to align with our beliefs too. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. yeah, so if you want some fuck shit, we're not going to fuck. We're with not you. fucking with. You. <laughs> I still think, I still, I, and and maybe even larger than cycling, but definitely directly speaking to them, I think they really do need somebody in the room. It just feels like everything that comes from these companies was void of anyone with any type of uh like voice sitting and like yeah probably not probably this probably that whatever that that 
is either connected to the end user some kind of way, whatever that might be. We're speaking about cycling, but just connected directly to the end user and experiences what they experience. You need somebody black in the room. Yes, yeah. bro. I'm like, about to say, stand <laughs> out. They need somebody black. They need somebody Dominican, dude's, yeah. Chilean. What's you know dude's what I mean? name like, from Shark Tank? Which one? Um, bro, that, that started Fubu. Oh, Damon. Damon. Something. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was telling that story about the um about the LL video that the commercial he did for the Gap or yeah. whatever, and it, and he had the, the Fubu hat on, and he said for us by us in, in a cut like in the actual commercial, and they didn't know, right. like Gap didn't know, they didn't even realize. So they they let the shit ride for mad long, and then fired everybody from that team. Right. But <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if somebody's in the in the team in the the room with you as you market to, like we're marketing clearly they wanted to market to us that's obviously what that yes. was if, you know they throwing hip hop and shit in there so if you're like yeah I want to market to this demographic or to these people and you look around and you don't have that person you fucked up yes you didn't have any of these people in the room while you were doing this nah you're bugging I said it's wild why is that the case and see you know like there is some arrogance and ignorance that go hand in hand with this because Everybody that works for a bike company can technically ride a bike, unless you're handicapped or whatever. But you know, but you still may be able to get on the road and do something, whether mm -hmm. it's on a recumbent or something, right? Yeah, like so, bro in Miami. Yeah, yeah, right. Like so, you can. I feel like I do have a voice if I'm in the room because I ride, right? Like, but what we're saying is not that, right? What we're saying is nuanced and it's bold, which is have representation in the room that understands not only internally what the company's goals are brand wise etc but also the community yeah it's both yeah both yeah, sides like I'm tired of seeing like skinny people on bikes always on, on ads you know always. like y'all don't represent a good piece of the consumer that's buying these bikes and no problems with skinny people skinny people I love skinny people I yeah I'm not body people, shaming right? yeah, no but body like shaming, you know no, no body we, shaming we need to see a wider range Right. Of individuals. And that's what I love what the Nikes of the world are doing. When you go look at Nike campaigns, even Apple, you know, you're seeing people from all different walks of life on these on these campaigns. You know, and now you're starting to see in retail stores, the mannequins are now coming in different shapes and sizes, mm -hmm. which is super important. But we're not seeing that in the cycling industry. Goofy. They're either forcing you to go uh, size up or size down and it's just they still don't fit either and way. it's still no. don't fit <laughs> it's matter. weird yo the biggest question when you buy cycling apparel is how does it fit so and you always have to go back to uh, well what do you wear okay it's true to size you know like it just it just true to what size yeah true to yeah true. <laughs> and it's, it's funny that's a long that's a long side that's that's the bugged out part is that it's right alongside that whole athleisure industry that yes yeah blew the fuck up right the whole time yeah. yeah you're still bugging out like yeah like why can't I walk in uh, a store and look at someone um, who's on their journey who's wearing your apparel. You know, instead we're we're just seeing one type of person. Somebody at the end. Someone at at the yes. end, or yes. someone that's been doing it for 15, 20 years right yeah. now. Yes, and that's just not where the where the industry is. You know, so like that's the part that's kind of like frustrating. And I, I take it personal because yeah, when I got into cycling, I was like two and change. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not two and change anymore. Yeah. And so like, but you had nobody talking to you when you first. Nobody was on. talking to me at all. And you look at, 
you look at who's on the bikes and they're super fit and I'm, st I'm still on the journey. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you're not talking to me. Now I'm just a little more educated and I don't need you to talk to me as much as I needed you in the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. You know? <laughs> in the beginning. Yo, what was crazy? The <laughs> How were they not uh, talking to the ladies though? Oh my gosh. That's another, that's like, another. I think the largest consumer of diet, exercise like that whole thing outside of the whole bro gym thing is women yeah look at lulu like they're killing the game killing really. it, killing it. The game. and look at all everybody that came behind their wave they left a big wake in the water and yeah. everybody just like jumped behind yeah, their right. wake right so it's like so chad you're talking about your journey but like while we while we've been riding we've met plenty of women who because of the pandemic gained whatever amount of weight who have always struggled with their weight and just trying to be healthy or what have you. And they found cycling and they love it for a multitude of reasons. And they have a problem with clothing. Yep. Hell, they have a problem with the helmet because of their, the way their hairstyle is. It's not just like snatch back ponytail, let me put it on. Right. It's like they don't have helmets that work with braids. They don't have helmets that work with just certain hairstyles. Yeah. You know, like, and it's, and it's just crazy because... Again, bringing it full circle, we have these ambassadors that represent the brands, and we have racers, right? Like, if you're a racer and you're doing a, a gravel race, a crit race, or a road race, you do not look like the people that are riding a bike every day. Right. Oh. And plus, I don't think these brands are truly asking for feedback on the products. Ooh, yeah. talk about it. <laughs> Ooh, talk about it. You know, it. because if I'm giving you product, hey... So, do what you did like you think? It? Yeah. What did you like? What did you dislike? You know, like, what do you, what, like, there's none of that. It's almost like, here, here's a product. Go ahead and market that shit. That's it. <laughs> Go to market. Not even on some, yo, here's product. Can you at least do one post a week? You know, can you share back your metrics on how many likes you've gotten from those Word. posts? Do you have an affiliate link where you could kind of share out and people say, hey, Chad, I love the product? You know, like, we're not, it's just no no metrics behind it. And I just feel like the business side of it when it comes to influencers is just a little bit like lost. Yeah. I think it's, we, if we're talking about like this whole situation and, and, and who the players are, then the accountability piece that we as the end user consumer have to play is like, oh, if, if these companies aren't doing right, man, Fuck them, cut them off, right. man. Like that's, I think that's our piece. Like, cause or, people, or, or at least drive to the ones that are doing it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah. yeah. Patronize no, the ones who do it correctly. Quite honestly, all the brand. I mean, I mean, look, all the bikes are the fucking same. Yeah, I mean, yeah, two, two wheels, I mean, you know I mean? two like, wheels, handlebar, two wheels, handlebar. I mean, but chain. Even, even the designs now. Okay, fine, starting Trek to blur. did something different with the Madone. Shout out to them for trying to do something different. You know, and their t engineering team and, and their marketing team, honestly, for allowing the engineering team to come to market with something that was innovative. But by and large, it all has been the same since BMC came with the drop seat stays. Now, everybody's drop seat stay, you know, arrow uh, seat posts of varying widths. Now that the UCI has relaxed some more of the rules that the pros can ride with, that's trickling down. to the Yeah, anything that they, they ride to, have to, has to be bought. Because it has to, right? Yeah. So, like... Bianchi came out with this cool thing uh, where they put like these air diffusers on the head tube of the bike. Made that joint look straight up like an F1 car. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. That was, that's cool, right? Yeah. Okay, fine. Maybe it's gimmicky to the average person, right? But still, like, 
they're trying at least trying to do something different right you know yeah. like the whole gravel push the fact that they had the world gravel race and nobody in the winners and the top racers were not on gravel bikes. Wild business. Remember that? Yeah. Wild business. Bro, the Canyon boys were straight up on the Canyon endurance bike. Yeah. With 35s, With 35s. Because it like. fits 35s. Uh, yeah. They're like, we're good. <laughs> we're <laughs> like, good. how do you not have a, a meeting after that? Like, hey, guys, let's go into the boardroom real quick and have a quick discussion. Bro, and Canyon has a gravel bike. They do. They several. Got, they got two. Several. <laughs> yeah. several grails. So yeah. if 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 the athletes that ride for that ride your product are not using the product that's supposed to be for a specific type of race, what does that say about your product? No, but it, it, it may also say like, yeah, our, our pros are not necessarily the individuals that are like straight to market or straight to the consumer. That's not y'all saw that and all that, but does that change? your thought on what should be used for gravel. In fact, I think we were, that happened I mean, when we were in Bentonville, people yeah, were talking about, yes. like gravel, people were on gravel, like we're riding and people are talking about that. Like, damn, they, like they felt a little, yeah. like y'all got us. Y'all yeah. made us get into this gravel shit and spend some more money. <laughs> but these dudes rolled the shit on road right. bikes, bro. Like, <laughs> exactly. damn, I feel Bentonville is the devil on earth. But <laughs> that gravel road, oh my God. Shout out to Bentonville. It's a great city, great biking city. But that gravel out there is different, different. Yeah, trying to tell that is Satan himself reaching up from the ground, testing all of your emotions and your belief in God. I thought I was gonna cry, <laughs> cry and die. Yo, for real. But ah, that's what I'm saying, right? So, bring it again, tying it into the what the ambassadors, right? So, if you're doing gravel, which what a lot of bright brands are pushing into now, particularly yeah. here in the states, you have two two types of gravel bike, like a touring gravel bike and a race gravel bike. Yeah. But in the world gravel competition, your athletes are not using your gravel product. That is crazy. Wow, business. That is crazy. Oh, we got an F1 car, Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton is like, nah, I'm going to go ahead and ride this NASCAR. Are you sure, bro? Because like, I, yeah. I feel like it's going to help me win. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, straight up. Yeah. Like, how, how was that possible? They didn't check in. They just was like, we out here. They had... I when just, they were, they, they had to see it happening. Like, so, so you got that happening, <laughs> and then you have your your legion of of influencers and brand ambassadors and that sort of thing, who are telling people to ride these bikes. Are right? they? And they're can well, quote unquote, right? Because they see them on it. But then you see the pros who not even. That's like LeBron. Like, yeah, Nike. Like, we got the LeBron twenty out. But LeBron out there, some Kyrie's. Yo, there was a point where LeBron was in LeBron soldiers. Soldiers, over. yeah. <laughs> I was like, so wait, why am I buying a two hundred dollar LeBron? Yeah, I can't even wear them. He's the, balling in them, winning championships. You kidding me? That two thousand sixteen championship he won in Cleveland, he was in the soldiers, bro. Yeah, he was in soldiers. Speaking of that, like, so, like, with just Corey and CJ, all of them, like, Legion doesn't make me want, want to buy a specialized. It makes me want to get further into cycling. And I think that's the the bigger part of it. Like, when I see them, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm more exciting about the sport. I don't necessarily want to, like, oh, maybe. But I personally, I'm saying, I don't look at them like, yeah, I want to wear that. I want to ride that because yeah. he has it on. I sold my tarmac. Yeah. Yeah, see? I, so, like, it wasn't like, oh, I want to keep my tarmac. I sold it to get it in Amanda, you know? So it had nothing to do with Legion. You know, and and what they're writing, it was more about what they were doing yes. for the sport. That's what I mean. These yeah. co- they're not like when you see that as a company, when you 
whether it's SRAM, special, whoever, look at that. Like, look at that. Yo, there's a big push towards that community, towards this race. Like, this was a good idea. So it's not that they're selling you a product. It's that the culture or the movement is. So put the bread there. Put the money behind that. Yes. And they're just, yeah, they fail to do it. Yeah, the product should actually be like a supplement. Yeah. Like, if you can't get someone to actually move the culture in the community, then why even bother with the product? You know, like... I, I I always say like I think we we look at ourselves as consultants, not influencers, because we're actually consulting on what we like what the brand should be doing in the community, not just give us product. Cause we quite frankly don't need the product. Yeah. Like we I mean, we're we're blessed and fortunate yeah. enough and worked hard enough that we can buy whatever product we want to have. Yeah, it's more so about like, hey, we love what you guys are doing, but let us help you bring it into the community and actually make a true connection instead of instead of relying on like social media. Shit is hilarious, bro. Yeah, like it is. It's it just... is. And, and you know, going to your back to your point, Ak, about what Legion has done. Shout out to Corey and Justin and those guys, right? Because like you said, like they may not make you want to buy a tarmac, for example, right? Or the Venge or whatever the hell they're riding. But they are moving the industry forward which is beneficial for Specialized to see someone that's doing that on with that particular brand, SRAM, you know, and Specialized with their bikes, um, Zip with their wheels, right? Yeah. But who else is doing that? Because, you know, their biggest rival in, in their professional scene, right, at the time was um, Good Guys, right? No, uh, best buddies. Best sorry. buddies. Best buddies. Best buddies. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's like Amino something, whatever that that the the, the light blue and pink team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. The fact that I don't even know the name of the teams. Yeah. Right. And I don't even know who the riders are. Right. Like I think Justin. That's Justin's message, which is like, how can you want more people to do this when you're not even marketing it right? Like. And, and by the way, you don't have to be creative. Look at what basketball has done. Look at what there football is, there's has definitely done. there's blueprints for it. That's what I mean. Yes. You, yeah. just, you don't have these people in the room. Like no one's talking to y'all. Yes. From a marketing perspective, right? As a quote unquote team or club, there are two two groups that stand out from a phenomenal marketing perspective that actually drive people to the sport. One being Legion, and the other one being Education First. EF. Yeah. Like, that is it. I don't see anyone else that has, like, done a phenomenal job at, like, collaboration, creativity, um, and, like, pure market presence. Outside of cycling, what did both of those groups do? What do they have in common? They did it in different ways, but what did both of those groups do? They tapped in. Like, they tapped into to people. Like, I don't necessarily, like, EF is not running, uh, like, I, I'd rather watch crits. But they're doing road races, but they're not running that side. But I'm super interested. Yeah, they tapped in. They they got to it. Like we want to get to the people, bring them back on this side. Whether it's collaborations with Rafa and it's just or Palace or it's just something that's, uh, you know, I mean, it's a tire or or the, or the bike wear. It's still part of that culture. So right, you know, I'm gravitating towards that. Least same thing with Legion. I, the fact that there's actual living running proof. Or these companies that exist right now, it's out there right now, and they still <laughs> bullshitting. The, like that part is yeah. funny to me. And, and, and that's a shout out to Canyon because they're EF. No, Cannondale. Oh, Cannondale. Cannondale. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. 
and specialize. Like, Trek is failing, bro. Like, first of all, on their pro team, on the world stage, all of them are way better riders than me. So this is me. This critique is just like if I'm critiquing the Lakers. Yeah, right? yeah. Like they got Mads Peterson and who else? I don't who know. Who else is on the team? Because I'm not connected that deep. Because there's exactly. no, because no, no, no. <laughs> but not, not, point exactly. No, not because someone else on the squad would be, you know what I mean? It's not as good or whatever. But there's just they have yet to to tap in like they, they didn't get you to be like yeah I'm super interested for whatever reason whether it's just purely the cycling side probably not but there's no other reason why you know anybody else on that squad or, or what have you son did great at the tour like he, he did what he did so you seen him but other than that like yeah EF got my attention Legion definitely got my attention and other- by the way I don't even know one rider on EF I know the uh, Lachlan he don't ride with them no more. I mean, he he's yeah. still with Team EF, yeah. but he's not racing in the Riding, core yeah. with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, but that, but that is the point, right? And they're not the the team themselves. The team itself is not connected to the culture. The brand is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, right, but the team, what they ride, drives what the brands create, so they can have success out there. Because otherwise, why not just be Schwinn? Huffy. I mean, those brands are probably gone now, right? Or very, very minimalized and have very, very small market share. But like, if you think of like a brand like Colnago, right? They, they, they probably kill it in Italy, right? They're probably yeah. killing it in Italy. But here in the States, Trek is a big brand. It's a U.S. company. But good God, man, there's so much more that they should be doing. It's, yeah, I, I just Specialized think Specialized uh... is a big brand here in the States. Good God, man. There's so much more they should be doing. It's just a huge disconnect from the culture. Every other brand right now is connected to the culture. Mm -hmm. You can't watch a commercial without there being some connection to the culture or approaching, um, you know, uh, you know, like interracial marriages and dating and gender specific commercials, you know, like, and there's just none of that for the cycling industry. And it's the world we're living in today. And look, I, I accept, cause I, I agree with you, Chad, but I accept the counter, which is we good over here. Yeah. That's what it is. Like, like, you like, know, yeah, like I don't we, we are okay with what we've always done, whether y'all come in or not, we it doesn't matter. Cause like Ox earlier point, Going to buy the bike anyway if you want a bike, right? So my, but yeah, but just, see, there's this missed opportunity. There's always missed opportunity. Your business hat, yeah. Like there's missed opportunity. <laughs> As a consumer, I'm wondering. Well, if I'm not being represented in any way by your brand, and your product is just like their these other five products, that's our accountability. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so like, all right, let's. I, I always like to bring it on home for us as a as a brand. You know, Black Watts. When we first got into cycling, we were just a, purely a bunch of black dads that wanted to get on bikes, and we felt like there was a missed opportunity to connect with other genders, right? And so, what did we do? We shifted. We yeah. shifted. We became more inclusive. We became more inclusive because 
how could, how dare we get into an industry that's not inclusive, talking about inclusivity and not being inclusive, inclusive right. and then exclusive and, people. and then exclude people? We, we didn't we didn't necessarily and do that. You're right. All girl dads too, so yeah. kind of it <laughs> nah, was wild. Right. We didn't we didn't set out to be like yeah no like it wasn't even a you can't join. It just happened to be a group of black fathers that that started riding together. Right. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people were saying like even we met some some women that are actually on the squad now. It's like. Damn! At first, I thought weren't y'all just about black dads? Right. Like, yeah, nah, it's just it's just who came together. But yeah, we recognized it. So, and why can't the brands yeah. recognize it? So I don't, I re- you I, know, I really think they they don't give a shit. Nah, at the end of the day, like if it's not moving <laughs> the needle, they, yeah, like they don't know what? if it's moving the needle, needle or not. not if right. they haven't attempted to do it, and this, they and they have yeah. no way to even measure, and they don't want to. Like that's the part that's frustrating me. They're not even making. Real attempts. It's so frustrating. Like, bro, the real talk though. Real talk. Given what we just said about Legion, right? If Legion had the influence that it has, because Legion, I believe, has an outsized influence on, if nothing else, their visibility, because they've been in major magazines. Like Justin has been on big TV program. Like, so they they have an outside influence on that particular segment of the industry. If that this was, if there was any other sport, they would have their own. Shoot. If it was basketball, if it's hockey, they probably got their own stick or whatever the hell it is, right? Their own skate or whatever. Because as of right now, you cannot buy a Legion specialized shoe, but you can get a Peter Sagan shoe. Correct. And bike. And bike. But why can't you get a Legion? And pay more for it. Mm. But why can't you get a Legion bike? Like, like, no, no, seriously. Like, even if it's on the LA. Right, even if which it's is their aluminum their, frame, their aluminum frame, right? Why can't you just buy a Legion colorway bike? This is what I'm saying, right? But you like, can get a Peter Sagan. But you can bike. get a Peter Sagan one. And Peter, don't get me wrong, Peter was a beast before, of course. But now Peter, you know what I mean? He old. He chilling. He old. I mean, he, he old. He like our age. Peter's up there. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's still a beast. And what he's done, he's broke barriers. He's broke records. He's He was a phenomenal person when he was in his prime. But just like if we were talking about somebody in basketball, he's outside of his prime. He's, he's definitely on a decline, right? Like his new team, Total Energies, they don't even market him. I know why he's there to help sell jerseys and whatever merch. And he's probably a, a strong rider. He's just not who he was before. Right. So I'm not putting him down in that way. But what I'm saying is, is that, okay, fine. Outside of the U.S., maybe Peter is like still God as he walks on the earth. Probably. Right. But here in the States, in our market, Legion is that person. Yep. You see a gazillion Legion jerseys out on the road now. Yeah. You know, nah, I'm not seeing no Team Sky or... Man, don't get me started. <laughs> Emirates, Yo, some, man, a UAE, lot. like none of them. Get somebody in the room. That's my advice. If you're watching this and you, you SRAM, Trek, Specialized, like truly Canyon, get Giant, someone in, get the somebody room in the room, man. To, stop playing to help you make conscious decisions regarding the products that you're putting out in the marketplace. I- that's if y'all care. Like, if you don't give, you know what I mean? If, like if, you, if your attitude's be good over here. Yeah, that's yeah. The, don't <laughs> Don't do you, wait but. until the, the product has been, like, already gone through marketing approvals. Hey, hey, Black Watts, we'd love to bring you into the creative process around this new product that we want to bring to the market in spring, summer 2024. 
please help us think strategically around how we could tap into the market and really connect with the community on a level that allows the consumer to make an informed decision on purchasing our products. Boom. Yeah. 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 (laughs) No worries. And by the way, Black Watts, whoever else. Right. Whoever right. Else. Yeah, we always going to speak else. from our standpoint, our right. perspective. Yeah, right. So, there, but there, there are other tons of clubs and individuals, and individuals and, uh, like there are women's clubs. There are women racers. Women racers. I mean, there's just the, the, while the industry is very diverse. Okay, fine. It would be awesome to have every segment represented. But even if you don't, you can still sweep in a whole bunch. I just listening. Oh, because guess what? When this releases, it's going to be Black History Month. It will be. Y'all on the clock. Sure. On the clock. <laughs> yeah. so, For the last couple years, couple I don't years, know. Bro, like, and, Y'all and, on and, the and, clock. And that's with BLM happening. They still didn't do nothing for Black History Month. How is know. that? They didn't do nothing for Asian. I mean, okay, fine. Everybody always does. What is it? International Women's Day. Like, What? That's not yeah. how it works in this country. It's the month after, yeah. So like we got Asian, we got you got Asian uh, History Month, you got Hispanic Heritage, Heritage Month, you got yeah. Black History Month. Like you have so many affinity groups that are worth marketing to for capitalist reasons. And it's so simple. Just tell a story. Tell a tell a story that connects. No, we not the, we the know brand it's for the back bread. to the consumer. <laughs> we know it's no, for the it's brand. For the yeah, just tell a story that Treat connects us nice, the brand to the consumer. Take us to dinner. You know, you know what I'm saying? Give it's us a good dinner, some nice wine, right? Yeah. Or just try to be at like, a, ah, at a right, very you know? cost-effective level. Just tell a story. Yeah, which is easy to do. Which is easy to do. Doesn't need to be a whole fucking movie. Or a documentary, just tell a short story. Easy. Because that's how we consume shit anyway today. Facts. Y'all listening? I feel like I was getting a little too passionate on this topic, man. Any uh, inquiries, if anybody's interested, info at blackwatts.cc. <laughs> info, I N F O, at blackwatts.cc. Nah, that's that's real. We, uh, Good episode, guys. Oh, uh, yeah, because we... <laughs> yeah, we definitely had way more shit to talk about today. We, we just did. did a deep dive on that <laughs> one. Yeah. So. Those two topics, bro. Word up. Those two topics. We will be back with more because we have a lot more to cover. We got a lot. Yeah. yeah. There's so much to talk about. And we're, we're super excited about recording this season just because we've gotten a little bit more experienced into this industry. Yeah. We've had a lot more conversations. <clears throat> We've been talking with a lot more people. Travel. We've actually, we travel. Yeah. Every time someone has walked up to us and said, hey, we would love for you to cover this topic. We have definitely wrote it, written it down and we're going to we're going to touch on it. We're here for y'all. Speaking yeah. of that, everybody like, listen, if you if there's something that either is on your mind, bike related or not, especially if it's uh, coming from a person who just started out or what have you, like, let us know and we'll, we'll try to cover that. So. Uh, like you said, info at blackwatch.cc. Just hey for the podcast, blah blah blah. Talk about this. We yeah, because someone uh, actually wants us to cover um, cornering. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do we have time for a quick Coach Chris? Yes. <laughs> <Segment>. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do. Chris ain't gonna turn that down, boy. Oh, you know, always got something. Always got something. Man, so today, um, what I want to share with you guys is about pedals. Yeah. Okay. Um, Flat pedals, which are plastic, which come on, like, think about the kids' bikes. Those are a great way to get started on your cycling journey. And if you start there, 
that's a good way for you to have your initial bike fit so that and everything works out well with you. And then as you progress, you can move into what's called clipless pedals. Now, it's a misnomer because clipless means that you actually have clips. So it goes back to the history. Google it. You'll find it. But SPD pedals are great. Um, because they, you basically have your full shoe and you have a small little thing that connects into the pedal. It had the pedals typically have a larger platform. They're easy to get in and out of. Um, so I would say start off with your, your flat pedals. And then when you're ready, move over to like an SPD pedal whereby you can begin clipping in, which will allow you to clip in and clip out. And then as you move further into your journey, you can move from there to like uh, a different pedal like for example uh, a shimano has a pedal uh, look has a pedal and the one that you guys love for gravel we use time 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 has oh yeah time, I can't yep. forget time. and time then uh, for pedal. road i cannot use speed play speed plays yeah and speed plays speed plays as a matter of fact i would say if you're moving into road um, that may be the easiest pedal for folks because even though it's a smaller platform, it's easier to get in and out of, and you can get in and out of it on either side of the pedal. I would argue to say that if you're racing, speed plays is the best pedal. Pedal also. There's no need to look down. You just yeah. When you throw your foot on, it's it's gonna I, find and clip in. Yeah, because this pedal conversation just isn't for people who are just starting out. There are people who have been riding for years that are curious about different types of pedals. Yeah. So. We're not brand ambassadors for speed play <laughs> or Wahoo. Nope. It's just a personal preference that I enjoy having to not think about yep. clipping in um, when pushing off. So again, speed play pedals, if you're just starting off, I think is a good way to go. I also think SPD pedals, if you're just starting off, is a good way to go to go, to go clipless. Again, clipless is a misnomer. It actually means that you're clipping your foot into yep. something. And SPD, sorry to cut you off, Chris, is another option which allows you to clip in on both sides. Now, they mm -hmm. do make options that give you the opportunity to clip in on one side but also be flat on the other. Those are great if you're feeling slightly uncomfortable with the idea of, yeah. like, clipping on both sides. You can clip in on your left and be on your flat pedal on your right. A little hybrid. Yeah, just until you kind of get comfortable with it. But, yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, pedals. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. have pedals. So also check out our website, uh, blackwatts.cc. We have uh, we have merch there. We have a jersey. This coming out. soon, y'all. This coming soon. You guys are going to like it. It's called Neon Lights. It's black. Yes. And it's from our classic design that we started out with in 2021. We should have brought one. Yeah, we should have brought one. For the next episode, we can have one to show you guys. Chris will um, dress up in it. I'll definitely wear it. <laughs> But uh, definitely check out our website. We're going to have more merch. As you can see, the guys today are wearing a cap. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah, the cap is great. Um, that's definitely going to be on the website soon. And as you can see, Chad definitely has on the hoodie. You can find the hoodies right now on the site. But yeah, come check us out. Check us out. So by the time this airs, there'll probably be more there. So blackwatts.cc shop backslash shop. Appreciate bong, bong. you. Yeah, we, yeah, we done. Yeah. More watch. More watts, thank you. Um, don't forget, get out of that shitty ass chamois. Um, <laughs> That's gonna be your advice every day. Right? Oh my god, that shitty chamois. That shitty chamois is terrible. Um, and yeah, stay tuned, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace.